morning on the West Coast and a great day to you wherever and whenever you may be listening. My name is Jason Dyes, broadcasting and podcasting live from the studio of eloquenceonline.net in beautiful New Braunfels, Texas, Republic thereof. This is the Power Performance, the show that asks the question, if your brand were a band, would you leave the audience wanting more? And if you've ever listened to this show, um, you'll know that in the context of musical parlance, the theme on this show, the style of this show has always been heavily weighted on generational issues. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. And on, on in as many interactions with young people yesterday that I had with another podcast that I do, my co-host asked me, hey, have you heard about this thing called OK Boomer? Now, I had seen something on LinkedIn, but I had not really dived into it. I, I, I'm not a baby boomer, by the way. I'm Generation X, so it, it didn't resonate with me that way. And then later in the day, another person who was in their early 20s asked me the same thing. You know, hey, have you heard about this thing, Jason, called OK Boomer? Now, my first concern, naturally, in my um, self-obsession and in my own, uh, you know, self-arrogance, uh, like, wait a minute, you don't think I'm a baby boomer, do you? Because uh, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm Gen X. And, uh, and yet, it, it, obviously, something is going on out there with this, and it has a lot to do with performance, because right now in the American workplace, we've always had multi- generations working in the same businesses and in the same companies and in the same industries. But I guess what got my attention about this is it would not be productive for any brand to have those generational differences be antagonistic. And so as a Gen Xer today on the show, I wanted to use that Generation X is probably the most understudied and therefore least understood generation um, of all the generations that we've talked about. I, I started doing my keynote session, Generations, back in 2002, 2003, and Gen X was still thought of as the young people. The millennials were still elementary uh, school, and we didn't even call Gen Z Gen Z that. We called them Gen Y, and that kind of became known as the millennials in, in demography. I think we all kind of settled on that. There was always you know, concern in my mind about why most generations were allocated 20 years and Gen X was given 15. None of that really matters in the context of this conversation, as important as I think it is, is that when it comes to putting on a great live performance, the best kind that leaves your audience wanting more, you cannot have antagonism within the brand. And I've talked about this musically before. The great bands in American history, musical bands, they did not break up because of talent, and most didn't break up because of age because they're all you know, pretty young when you start a rock band. They broke up because the personalities could not get along, and whether it was jealousy or if you've seen the movie, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody, you know, um, Freddie Mercury became bigger than Queen. He was the front man. You know, you didn't go to a Queen concert to watch what the drummer or the bass player was doing. You went to go see what Freddie Mercury was doing, and that led to some issues within the band. Well, these generational issues can lead to some issues within your brand that, trust me, are counterproductive. And so I want to talk about it from the perspective perspective of Gen Xer, and so I've, I've titled the episode today, Okay, 
Jen next because I, I want to be respectful to both. But in reality, my observations about this, I want to direct primarily to the younger generation. And I would say as a Gen Xer kind of on the cusp, I, I think I understand why this thing is going viral. I think maybe for the first time we don't really look at the American workplace and go, okay, you're a baby boomer, you're a Gen Xer, you're a millennial. And you're, it is – let's just be honest. It's two generations, what I call Boomer X and Generation Next. And I just want to talk to you about my observations in the marketplace and concede right up front that baby boomers probably have just as many assumptions about the millennials and Gen Next that are inaccurate as the young people have about what would be, I guess, their parents and grandparents in this particular case. That age difference is significant. It, it has to play a part in the American uh, workplace and in the American marketplace. And so I want to talk about it. I want to talk about it and hopefully will not sound like the old person picking on the young people. But I've made some observations that go way beyond anecdotal. And so we'll talk about it and we'll do it all right after this. Hey, whatever generation you're in, you're listening to the power of performance. Come beating on my door. I know that I'm a prisoner to all my father Ah, yes, the great Christian band, the Newsboys, covering that great Mike and McCannett song, The Living Years. Every generation blames the one before, or they get a viral movement going with a simple phrase, okay, boomer. Now, I un- first of all, let me say, I understand where they're coming from, and I understand where the boomers are coming from. In the simplest, most convenient terms, I explained it this way at my last keynote. Session. I think part of the issue, part of the uh, tension comes from the fact that for a baby boomer, and even a Gen Xer for that matter, their interview went like this. You will be here on time. You will be dressed this way, and you will leave at this particular time. And today, I think that interview may sound like, um, is it okay to ask you to be at work at at Eight o'clock, is that okay? Are, are you okay with our, our dress code? Um, is it okay that you stay until the day is actually over? Folks, one thing that I have to say has been my observation with, yes, the millennials, and I take it from all of this, that somehow the, the term millennial has come to mean something derogatory. If that is the case, if there is... If there is some of that, I'm going to say this very candidly as a Gen Xer, um, some of that is, is, is self-imposed. Some of that has been brought on to you. I have heard this phrase used so many times now from millennials when they are just just what we used to call constructive criticism. They will say, almost as though they've been programmed to say it, I feel like I'm being attacked. Listen, folks, I've been in a war. I know what being attacked feels like. You're not being attacked. I would think one of the things that the baby boomers struggle with is, hey, we're all speaking English. We're all speaking the same language of business. But when we 
tell you that a meeting at 9 o'clock does not mean a meeting at 9.18 or 9.11 or 9.07. It's not an attack. It is, you know, the example I used at my keynote, I played um, the, the song Star Wars, but I had it starting an eighth of a second late, over eight times, and it doesn't sound anything like Star Wars. You have to be on time. You have to be dressed the right way. Uh, you, you know, I watched an interview, and uh, the millennial, uh, there's no other word for it, complaining about, hey, I'm overqualified. I can do everything that baby boomers can do, but I'm drowning in student debt. Okay, first of all, who took out those loans? All right, I joined the Army to pay for college, and in Texas, it allows me to pay for my son's education at Texas Tech University, too. I've said there's not a student debt problem. There's a student budget problem. Do you need the iPhone 10? Do you need 400 tattoos? Uh-oh, I'm sounding like I'm going to get nailed with the OK Gen X thing next. I get that. I get that. All right. Generationally speaking, an older generation is always going to find fault with the younger generation because, candidly, most of us, if we're being honest, want to be younger. And while we might not have had the same student debt issues that millennials coming into the workplace have, let me tell you something else we didn't have. When I started looking for a job after I graduated from college in 1993, I graduated in December of 1993. I was a U.S. Army veteran. I was a war veteran. I felt very qualified to do just about anything in the quote-unquote real business world, the civilian world. I did not have Monster.com. I did not have Indeed.com. I did not have a computer or a cell phone. I had a typewriter and some paper I bought at Office Depot with matching envelopes to type up a cover letter, which had to be perfect every time because you couldn't make mistakes. And I had to put those things together in an envelope and mail it to the employers that I'd found in the newspaper and hope my phone rang. So for people that have made their way in a career without all of this social media accoutrement and the things that help us when we are looking for opportunities, I can see where they would say, hey, we didn't have those things that, that you have. And I suspect at some point when the millennials are in their 50s and 60s, whatever we're calling that next two generations removed, you're going to see the same tension. I do believe I do believe that generational tension is unavoidable in the American marketplace, in the American workplace. I've witnessed it firsthand myself because I've been doing these podcasts and online broadcasts at organizations. I almost always end up working with a millennial. And again, it's not anecdotal. There does seem to be the inability – here it comes – to be on time. When, when we record the shows, uh, the only limitation of blog talk radio, really, when you ought to plan something out, it has to start at the top or at the bottom of the hour, 10 or 10.30. And so if I'm doing a recording at 10.30 for one brand and another for 11, and the person who said they would call in at 10.30 calls in at 10.38, 
and we're doing a 15 or 20 minute show, well, suddenly I'm thinking about that next commitment that I've made. That cannot be a generational issue. That is, there've got to be some things that we all agree on. And telling someone that they're they're not being respectful of the rest of the team's time is not attacking them. It is protecting the brand. Again, in musical parlance, when you, uh, I went and saw the Mid Texas Symphony recently, and and although the audience skewed, okay, boomer and beyond, the orchestra itself was a just a penelope of different generations. I was trying to say mosaic. It was it represented all the different generations, and they were unified in their goal of putting on a great live performance. And I think that's how you deal with this generational tension. I mean, first of all, as somebody who talks about generational things all the time, I'm a little embarrassed that I, that I missed this. I remember seeing something about it on LinkedIn a few weeks ago, but to have two people ask me uh, the same question essentially yesterday, it's, it's obviously a, a trend or a viral thing, and I, I do tend to try to avoid those uh, You know, running with the, the current. I prefer to kind of swim up the current. Uh, because I'm you know, doing this. I like it to be different. I don't want to talk about what everybody else is talking about. But man, the generational stuff, it is I, – like I said, I would allow that baby boomers have many, as many misconceptions about millennials and Gen Z as the younger people do about other folks. I guess the only thing I want to say – I don't want to pass any judgment on any generation because there's no logic – in generalizations. But what I can say, what I can say is the one thing Gen Next can never have over baby boomers is that life experience that is combined with what is ever on that professional resume. And I didn't know, I mean, it's been explained to me as like, it's like, okay, boomer, like, all right. A, a couple of things, just, just quick bullet points that I think lead to this Tension. Again, first, when we're older, we all think the people that are younger than us don't know as much as we do. All right. Um, the other bullet point in all of in all of this is simply Generation Next was the first generation in American history that usurped technical proficiency and expertise from the older generation. Now that is true. Um, this goes way back. This would have been when the millennials were maybe in elementary school. I refer to this as a Norman Rockwell moment without the Norman Rockwell painting. I was at a place called CompUSA on a Friday night in Midland, Texas in 1998, and CompUSA had this bank of computers, and at every computer was an elementary, middle school-age student fooling around with the mouse, doing things on the computer, and behind them, an adult, probably a Gen Xer or a baby boomer, with their arms crossed and this puzzled look on their face, like, how did they learn to do this if we don't have a computer at home? How did they learn to do this if the adults didn't teach them? And so I think that ability to absorb technology and that self-teaching that went on with all of it sometimes creates the false impression that millennials don't have anything to learn from older Americans. And that's not true. Or that older Americans feel they've got nothing they can teach younger Americans, and that's equally counter. 
productive. Listen, folks, I'm not going to tell you that a podcast or a a workshop or a a seminar or a, a blog post is going to fix the generational tension, which I think is part of any multi-generational workplace and marketplace. But I do think, as a Gen Xer, looking at both sides of this, the best way is to be honest and open with one another. But again, I have to say to Generation Next, what we used to call constructive criticism or constructive feedback cannot automatically be met with, you're attacking me, because then there is no conversation. Once you're attacking somebody, the conversation is over, and then both sides get frustrated, and all of the communication breaks down. You have a multi-generational audience for your products and services. It requires both generations, Boomer X and Generation Next, working in harmony to fulfill the power performance, which is to leave the audience wanting more. I wish I had all the answers. Like I said, I've, I've spoken about generational marketing and management for 15, 16 years, and I, it is just something that I find fascinating, and, uh, but it should not be an impediment at your particular brand. If the goal is putting on a great live performance, for, again, for a multi-generational audience, then you need a multi-generational workforce to be working together, not against one another. Hey, we'll keep talking about it. It's one of those subjects. Maybe we can get a baby boomer and a, and a millennial on this show, but everyone is doing that. So uh, I just kind of wanted to come at it from that very you know underground generation that nobody ever talks about and nobody ever talks to. And of course, I represent that generation, Generation X. And my name is Jason Dyson. and you've been listening to The Power Performance, the show that asks the question, if your brand were a band, would you leave the audience wanting more? Until next we speak, whatever generation you're in, we'll talk to you all next week. Take care. Above me. 